Hello and welcome. Today's episode is a special one dedicated to Vaidyanathan Singararaman. It should have been a day to celebrate his birthday. He would have received a voice message from me wishing him a happy birthday. Instead, we celebrate his life, one lived fully and with purpose. I've known Vaidhi for over 30 years when we were both at the same business school. But in truth, I never really knew him until about 10 years ago. Social media and a few changes in my own life brought us in greater contact. I wrote a blog in 2015 in which I shared a story and brought it to a wider audience. In 2016, he kindly agreed to be the only man in my book, Leading Ladies, by agreeing to share his late mother Ganga's story. And in doing so, he shared his story too. Vaidhi never wanted to inspire or to be treated as special. His greatest wish was to be treated as himself, an ordinary man whose turning point led to him living an extraordinary life. When Vaidhi first told me his story for the blog, I apologised to him for not having taken more notice of him on campus and for being so unforgivably unaware of the ordeal he had suffered. His face lit up with his characteristic gentle smile. That is as it should be, he said. It means you didn't treat me any different simply because I was in a wheelchair. I will now read to you the chapter from the book Leading Ladies titled Ganga's story as told by Vaidhi Singararaman, co-founder of the Ganga Foundation. Ganga was a woman ahead of her times. Her strength, character, generosity of spirit and relentless positivity, even in the face of the most trying circumstances, were the gifts she gave to all whose lives she touched. Vaidhi is continuing in his mother's legacy through his work with the Ganga Trust and the Spinal Foundation India, which are helping to rebuild broken lives. Ganga was born in 1925 in a small village about 300 kilometers from Chennai. A naturally bright girl, she walked a long distance each day to get to school. Ganga went to a girl's school until the eighth grade, after which the only available school was for boys and girls. Coming from a very conservative, traditional Tamilian family, her parents decided against sending her to that school, which prematurely ended her formal education. While still in her teens, Ganga found herself married to Singararaman from Chennai. They went on to have six children, two boys and four girls. Vaidhi was the youngest and born 23 years after the eldest son. According to Vaidhi, her thirst for learning never left her as she continued to read magazines and newspapers, both in Tamil and English. Her lack of formal education never stopped her from holding an intelligent conversation on almost any subject. Vaidhi's upbringing was humble the family of eight slept in a single room. He recalls his mother's overwhelming sense of pride when her older son was offered a job at a bank at a salary far exceeding her husband's. This was especially welcome news as their life savings had been spent on Vaidhi's older sister's wedding. He remembers Ganga's utter devotion to her family. 
Despite the constant battle with not having enough money, the quality of care and food never faltered. She always found a way to make it interesting for the family. Ganga was an extrovert. She was a people person and extremely generous to a cause that touched her heart. Giving came very naturally to her. Vaidhi remembers her giving money away to anyone who was in need with a sad story, even if it was all that she had. Ganga was also a strong woman with a very clear philosophy in life, which she instilled in her children. Agavendiyata Paru is Tamil for look ahead and focus on what needs to be done now rather than living in the past. In 1975, Faidi was only 10 when his brother became seriously ill and later his father passed away. Finding solutions was her forte, he says, of his mother. On one occasion, they were struck by multiple deaths within the extended family, days before the wedding of one of his sisters. Hindu tradition dictates that in the event of a death in the family, any happy occasion must be postponed for at least a year. Ganga, despite her strong faith and religious beliefs, took a pragmatic view and decided to press on with the wedding. Her view was that there was little to be gained by putting off an event into which they had invested so much time and resource. In many ways, Ganga was a woman ahead of her times. She lived her life as a proper Hindu, but didn't care too much about what others thought, so long as it was something she believed in. Living the life of a widow can't have been easy at a time when women had no financial self-sufficiency, and especially once her children had grown up and left home. She liked her independence. She loved being alone. She loved beaches and nature with all its flora and fauna, says Vaidhi of his mother. He believes he has inherited many of her traits, traits that served him well in his own life. The night that changed lives. Vaidhi was a student at the Indian Institute of Management, Bangalore, IIMB, and in his second year of the two-year postgraduate program, he had been out celebrating with his classmates after a couple of them had received good news about scholarships. It was well after 2 a.m. on the morning of the 28th of July, 1990. Vaidhi and two of his friends were on the first floor balcony just outside the dormitory rooms. He was perched on the balcony wall, something he had never done before. At one point, he reached down to pick up his footwear, but lost his balance and plunged to the ground beneath, falling through the big gap in the wall that exists even today. It all happened in the blink of an eye, but Vaidhi remembers it like it was only yesterday and in slow motion. One of his friends, also sitting on the wall, stretched out his hand to try and break Vaidhi's fall. Mercifully, I did not take his hand, as he would have come down with me. My back landed on the mini iron railing that held the edges of the flooring together. It was this that did the damage. Even though I was fully conscious and there was not even a scratch anywhere on my body. At that time, I had no idea of the importance of the spinal cord. 
I had read about it briefly years ago in school. As soon as I landed on the ground, I realised that my legs were not moving, nor was my core. Below the upper part of my chest, my body appeared to have become paralysed. Ferdi's companions came racing to his aid. He was carried to the backseat of a car and rushed to hospital. His friends had minimised his injuries through a combination of luck and presence of mind. The way they carried Vaidhi and transported him in the car had avoided putting any further pressure on his spine. Greater awareness and proper handling of the injured person at the scenes of an accident is instrumental in saving lives and reducing loss of mobility, says Vaidhi. That night changed Vaidhi's life forever. The initial diagnosis was that he would be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life, confirmed by a specialist two days later. When the specialist mentioned these effects, I just asked to be left alone for five minutes. I did not cry or sulk or think along the lines of why me or why this type of challenge. I did not look at the past. I just crossed out a few aspects that may no longer be possible including sex in its fullest sense, I made a decision to do everything that I could to help the process of recovery. One other decision that I made very early on was that I was going back to IMB to complete the course. On July the 30th, early evening, when my amma, mother, walked into the room, I told her that it was best to look ahead and I would like her to also do so immediately. I also asked her to show her usual courage in facing up to reality. What I remember is she did not cry at all and she immediately assessed the situation and agreed with me. The long road to recovery and rehabilitation. What followed was six long months of physical recovery and rehabilitation. Bangalore did not have the requisite facilities and so the decision was made to move Vaidhi to Christian Medical College CMC in Vellore, more than 200 kilometres away. As the ambulance was about to move out, I cried, not for the injury and its aftermath, but for the fact that I would miss the fun and frolics with my classmates. In CMC Vellore, my next stroke of good luck came in the form of Dr. Suranjan Bhattacharji, who epitomizes everything that is and can be good about life. Suranjan is one of the earliest to specialize in the field of physical medicine and rehabilitation in India, PMR. In 1990, he was considered among the top five in the world in the field of spinal cord injury treatment and rehabilitation. He had offers from hospitals around the world and at a price of his choosing. He opted to stay in Valor and has now devoted four decades and counting in working for the physically challenged in India. Vedi was indeed fortunate to be in the care of an excellent team of doctors, nurses and physiotherapists. His body had to relearn the many things that he had previously taken for granted. Simple things like sitting up, brushing his teeth and eating independently. Having hair washed was a treat. In any rehabilitation post a spinal cord injury, almost nothing is routine and nothing can be taken for granted. 
However simple the task. Hard work will help you learn each task and improve your efficiency over time. Every task in day-to-day -day life has to be relearned, as well as newer needs for mobility, bladder and bowel management, and skincare. Vaidhi drew confidence from his mother's courage and smiles. He also speaks reverently of Dr. Bhattacharji and his messianic calmness and the healing effect he had on him. Vaidhi was in good hands during his stay at CMC Valor, having spent six months in their care. But the real challenge would be remaining independent once back in the real world. Vaidhi's first goal was to head back to IMB to complete his MBA along with his classmates. He missed his friends and was painfully aware that they would all be graduating in the summer of 1991. He wanted more than anything else to spend the last three months of the academic year on campus with them. At first, the management of IMB was unsure they were equipped to let Baidi back on campus. There had been no precedent of taking on a student with a physical disability. But Vaidhi was not a new student. He simply wanted to finish what he had started. In December 1990, Dr. Bhattacharji wrote to the Institute outlining Vaidhi's condition, his needs, and why he believed Vaidhi was ready to return. Vaidhi found a copy of this letter amongst his late mother's meager possessions 21 years later. You read the letter and you realize how visionary and thoughtful Saranjan was and still is. A new adventure for Ganga and Vaidhi. Dr. Bhattacharji's intervention was clearly instrumental in facilitating Vaidhi's return to IMB. But his hope of doing three terms worth of coursework in one was too optimistic. He would go on to stay at the Institute for an extra year, graduating a year later than he had originally planned. Vaidhi firmly believes his mother never doubted his ability to cope independently back on campus. Nevertheless, she asked permission to accompany him and stay with him for her own peace of mind. Ganga was given her own room in the dormitories alongside Vaidhi's on the ground floor. Their rooms overlooked the quadrangle, a hub of activity where the parties and other student gatherings happened. How did Ganga find life on campus surrounded by students? She loved it and thrived being around young people. She had always enjoyed reading and there was no shortage of books or magazines on campus. She took long walks and made friends with the teaching faculty and other members of staff. It was a proud moment for Ganga when her son graduated in 1992. And at the age of 66, she got to live like a student in one of the most prestigious academic institutions in the country. It was a dream come true for someone whose love of learning and reading surpassed her own formal education that ended at the age of 13. Back in the real world. Earning a highly regarded qualification, it turns out, is not enough to get a job. Vaidhi discovered that most employers were not willing to take a risk on a candidate in a wheelchair. Vaidhi was vehement that he only wanted a job on his merits, not because someone felt sorry for him. 
He tells me of the time he had started working at a respected financial institution. On his third day, he was handed some paperwork that would have effectively classified him as handicapped and so eligible for inclusion in their disabled employees quota. He resigned. It was not an easy time and money was short. His mother remained a pillar of support, believing with the utmost conviction that things would work themselves out. Vaidhi got a job as head of business research at the Hindu, an Indian broadsheet newspaper, where he remained for 12 and a half years. He went on to work as risk manager at Sundaram Asset Management, a respected manager of mutual funds in India, where he remained in full-time employment until March 2010. Giving back. In 2009, Vaidhi got talking with Elango, one of his dearest friends from the IIM days, and another friend Girish from his time with the Hindu. They discussed the plight of people with disabilities in India and their lack of inclusion into society, and so decided to set up the Ganga Trust. In doing so, Elango and Vaidhi were translating into action what Dr. Bhattacharji had told them in 1990. As alumni of IMB, you will be in a position to influence in due course. You must do your bit to enhance the quality of life of persons with disability. The original objective of the trust was to bring together top quality individuals who would pledge their support and provide the money needed to meet some key objectives. It involved working with other organizations dealing with patients with spinal cord injury around the country. In 2010, Vaidhi moved to working on his day job on a part-time basis so that he could spend more time on the Ganga Trust. In March 2013, he gave up paid employment altogether to focus all his attention on it. He now also works for the Spinal Foundation, a pan-Indian self-help group for people with spinal cord injuries. He makes regular visits to other patients with spinal injuries at the rehab center in CMC Valor to advise and inspire them. One of their core aims is to set up ground level infrastructure, especially for people in remote parts of India. The data collection mechanism is poor, but Vaidhi estimates that there are 10 to 15,000 new cases of spinal cord injuries each year the vast majority will not get the care they need. The correct treatment, starting from the time of the injury and long after rehab is completed, can ensure that the patient lives a reasonably normal life. Greater awareness amongst ordinary people plays a huge role in ensuring there is greater inclusion of people with physical disability into society. Vaidhi firmly believes that education plays a big part in how society responds to people in wheelchairs. IIMB had initially been very reluctant to let Vaidhi back in because he was in a wheelchair. But students took things in their stride, partly because they had known Vaidhi before his accident, and more so because of his positive attitude towards life. Once you get past seeing the wheelchair, It is still the same person you once knew. Today, Vaidhi works tirelessly for his cause, 
He has participated in multiple fundraising wheelchair marathons and networks, relentlessly aiming to reach more of those whose lives have been blighted by spinal cord injury. He does not take a penny as salary and is currently living off his modest savings built up during his working life. His work for the Ganga Trust and the Spinal Foundation is a labour of love, a promise fulfilled to his mother Ganga, who had wanted him to simply put something back into a world that had been kind to him. Ganga passed away in 2002 after a brief illness. Before she died, she helped Vaidhi secure further independence by helping him to buy a small piece of land where his purpose-built house now stands. He credits his mother for his unshakable faith in the future, refusal to dwell on the past and complete unwillingness to indulge in any form of self-pity. Lessons learned and advice. Ganga's life's lesson had been passed on to Vedi. Look ahead and focus on what needs to be done now rather than living in the past. This was published in late 2016 and is in the book Leading Ladies, Inspiring Stories of Women Who Found Their Purpose with Passion.